This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome to Teacher Talk Radio. Today you're here with your hosts, Rupa and Lesla, for your Sunday lunch. Today we will be talking about harnessing your power. We'll include a wish me new earlier moment, followed by our Sunday serenity moment. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Hi everyone. You've been Hi everyone. This is our our first show Sunday lunch with Krupa and Nazia. Welcome. Um we are um live. So there might be some hiccups on on the way, but we hope you can bear with us. Um we did do a little bit of practicing prior to coming on the show, but um when you're live, it's always it's always a little bit different, isn't it? Um, so we thought we'd um, start off with intros because many of you probably haven't heard of us or haven't spoken to us. Uh, we hope that there's people joining in and um, we look forward to getting to speak to any of you that hope that tune in to us. So um, let's get started. So um, I would like to introduce my co-host, Krupa. Uh, Krupa started her journey as a science teacher in a large uh, maintained school. She then moved on to head of year and that's where she, I suppose, found her power and realized that she could make amazing connections with staff and students. She then moved on to an assistant headship and in a special school and that's where we met each other and she will probably say that 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 moment in time was probably one of her biggest learning curves um and pretty soon after she moved into headship um staff viewed her as a kind caring creative individual um and they loved working with her um and then Krupa decided to go into a different direction towards post-19 and became a director. And I suppose she continues on that journey, navigating the muddy waters of um, the education sector. Um, And I think, I think I'm right here. I think she's found her passion in coaching and consulting now. Um, And yeah. I mean, that's just like in a snapshot. I'm pretty sure there was probably lots more happening in her life. Me well, I think you have covered me well. Thank you so much, Nazia. And without further ado, uh, Nazia, where do I begin with you? Um, so, Nazia, how long have you been actually in education overall? Um, I'm not good. Well, I am good with numbers, but right now I can't think. Since 2006. How many years is that? <laughs> 
mate, that's a lot of years. So uh, Nazia started off her journey and has actually throughout throughout this whole time been within special needs. Am I correct in saying that? Mm -hmm. um, and you've moved from a local maintained school. You have worked with, you know, uh, doing your, your N NQT year there, and then you grew into head of department leading um, really important work with um, complex learners. And I, and I know we had several conversations around how difficult it was to navigate that whilst being a parent and whilst trying to grow your own and you sort of learn your professional identity. And that's that continues to be a journey for, for everyone, I think. Um, and I think this is quite poignant in this conversation that we're going to have today around finding your power is actually you don't just find it and let it go. It's it, it's a journey and it evolves and, and you evolve um, with with begin with finding that that search, I guess. So um, you then have gone on to to work an assistant head um, in, in a larger special needs school. And um, within that, you redesigned the whole curriculum, project based learning, um, you know, up to the qualifications, broke ceilings in that regard. And then now, I mean, this is the exciting part is is what you're doing now. You're founding head of a an independent school um, and working with young people that have suffered trauma at risk or have been neat. So not in employment, education or or, or in training. Um, and uh, are working towards or have an EHCP. So that's a really special um, area that you're working with. And so um, I'm really looking forward to, to speaking with you around uh, your journey in that in that particular role. Yeah, maybe on another show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okie dokes. So anyway, how are you? How's your weekend been? Um, well, uh, just to let everyone know, this weekend we had, uh, we were celebrating Eid um which was the end of ramadan um so anyone listening uh, ramadan mubarak or eid mubarak and um yeah it was really really fun we had actually we prepared a life-size games night so this is the new thing out on instagram isn't it <laughs> It's a, uh, it's everywhere on TikTok and Instagram where people just like have created these games and you know you just play them with one another. So it's not a board game; it's an actual game that you make. So there's a range of games that we played. Things like you know stacking cups and um, you know using chopsticks to pick up dice and things like that. And there was 14 of us, all like full age range between five and 45. Nice. I'll tell you one thing though: the five-year-old. <laughs> was so much more better at probably most of those games than a 45-year-old. It must have been those nimble fingers, seriously. <gasps> but it does say something about sort of that, that element of being conditioned. And actually, when, when you're conditioned, you, you sort of lose skills somewhat, whereas this young five-year-old is able to just adapt and, and go with the flow and run with that. And that says a lot around, you know, aging um, but also actually how your brain operates bad knees bad knees Kruka. i didn't want to say it out loud here we are okay so this leads us on to our why and actually our topic of conversation which is about um finding and harnessing your power so um why we why we decided to go um and just start becoming radio presenters well, well, this is a radio present one show. Let's see how we get on moving forward. Um, okay, so why? Why did you, Krupa? So for me, I think I'm at a, a really interesting point in my life. I, I re my All I know about me is, is my educational journey. Um, and so I'm at the point where I'm really digging deep, really trying to find out what else? What else am I? What else can I do? Um, and I've started this journey, and, and we've spoken again at length around 
you know, knowing knowing how how we can sort of transfer these skills from teaching, from headship, from leadership, from all these these roles that we do, the tangible skills and actually use it outside of our day to day. Um, so for me, this I, I, I'm really keen and really excited to hear from listeners around you know what what they do, but also the skills that they can transfer outside of the classroom, outside of the school building, um, or virtual school, um, and what they do. Really, really interested to hear that. Um, for me, I was just thinking about this actually mm. uh, on my journey here to to yours um was about you know when you go out of your comfort zone i was listening uh, when i was i, I follow uh, steve bartlett on uh, linkedin yeah and he always like puts these like weekly quotes on i think it's part of his kind of like social media kind of strategy and there was one quote that he put on about um going out of your comfort zone yeah. and that he said that you know just changing the way you look at going out of your comfort zone and mm. reframing that to a growth moment or a growing moment. So I was just thinking, you know, why why are we doing this? Mm. Uh, or why am I doing this? And I just thought, you know what, this is me coming out of my comfort zone. I love and that. hopefully it'll become a growing moment or a growth moment for us or for me. I love that. I really, really do. And then the other side of it was obviously that, you know, we have such a passion for so many things and we do spend an awful lot of time talking about different things in the education sector and our experiences and things like that. And we thought it'd be really nice to share that a different perspective, a unique perspective. You know, we're both South, Southeast Asian, um, you know, even though we're not from the same religion, we come from different, you know, uh, really uh, uh same different kind of slightly different cultures yeah um we both have different experiences um working um within education and some of our previous roles um and growing up as well so we think you know we think we bring a slightly different perspective on things don't we absolutely yeah. and i think that, that and I'm, I'm really pleased that you brought brought that lens of you know dei in and i think it's it's important to acknowledge who we are um, our, our cultural similarities or differences, but but also to think about how we can start making this feel comfortable and really acknowledging what that feels like, how we bring this into the classroom, because we talk about relatability, don't we? And we know that learners learn best when teachers and practitioners are relatable. So when you're relatable for me, I, I you know, I've walked into many, many classrooms and, and you walk into a room and you see these young wonderful faces and they're just so eager they're so curious and they ask the best questions <laughs> where are you from what did you eat miss you know what was it like growing up and was it you know uh, someone asked me if um i grew up during a time when uh, tv was uh, was not in color which is interesting in itself however i think there is loads loads here that we we can talk about uh, where do we begin where should we start um i think where we should start from is um what does finding your power mean to you? So I've started writing a list. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm at the point where I'm looking to see how I can use my knowledge. I've got this, this real need to talk about unconscious bias, talk about my growth as a, a young woman trying to live two cultures, uh, uh, you know, a very Indian British uh, culture, and then having to go into school and, and, and also as a professional and how I navigate the two and find that that sweet spot, that blend of being relatable, being real, but being also being really authentic. 
Um, and I remember f finding that really hard during my NQT years. So that's for those that are doing the ECTs as your ECT years. Um, finding that really hard to navigate. And I found myself quite lost, if, I, if I'm honest. So I um, am starting on a macro level and I'm looking at all the skills that I'm learning and have learned over a period of time, but also how they transfer outside of the classroom. Um, so uh, we look at data all the time, but we never see ourselves as data analysts. You know, um, we are able to sit and really truly actively listen to colleagues and to young people. You know, uh, so we we offer this space of being a real listening ear, being you know that empathy that comes with that. You know, where have I written that anywhere? Um, there's, so there's several skills that I think I I am now actively writing down, and actually, how can I use that to navigate the the my my actual skill set that's beyond the classroom and and where I can use that elsewhere? How about you? Um, so. I was looking at it from a because I work in a in a trauma informed school and for a lot of our students that have kind of lost their way have kind of l lost their love for learning lost their love for life in some ways you know um, um, a lot of the times we sp we spend um, we spend thinking about you know how we can help them how we can motivate them engage them in learning um and so there's a lot of work that we do within the staff team around the neuroscience behind the power of the mind and the, and and how we can help them appreciate and understand the power that our young people have so that they can then take back control of their life mm. and that's the way i've been kind of viewing this whole whole thing of harnessing your power um and if you think about what power is it's this is not this is not power this is not like what we i'm not talking about like the ego like you know control or you know autocratic power I'm, I'm not talking about that power i'm talking about our personal power you know our inner strength um and a lot of decisions that we make in life either come from that per place of personal power mm. or they come from a place of fear mm, so true so if you look back at your life mm. and think about all the decisions you've made in your life where did the what was the overriding factor in that in that decision making was it from a place of personal power or was it from a place of fear and i can look back and i can think for example like when i chose for example i go back even to the point of when my a levels yeah you know God, yeah. when i look back at my a levels <laughs> the a levels i chose was not because i had a passion for those a levels i loved geography i got an amazing grade at geography in my gcse why didn't i not do that for my a levels because question it why because it wasn't recognized south in, in 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 the in you know when i went home and i said you know i want to choose these a levels everyone looked at me like well, why do you want to do geography and, and what I, are you going to do with that yeah, yeah exactly in the field somewhere yeah. it's not just yeah. that absolutely so uh, and so out of fear i just did what i was what was expected of me and kind of like my power got hidden mm. and i hid behind my culture and my ex the expectations that my family had of me yeah. you know and the f the controlling factor in that section the decision making factor for me in that case was my fear and so therefore and the did you ever feel like you could tell anyone like was there anyone in your school that you could say sir miss like i know i want to i'm so interested i love this subject but 
mum and dad or my community are sort of don't recognize this i'm stuck in this in this sort of medium space um so no i don't think i did really mm. because I, there's no one i could relate to yeah. all the teachers were white caucasian there was one asian teacher in my school yeah. who was a textiles teacher by the way and the and the cooking teacher interesting yeah uh, okay. um <laughs> and then so i just felt like no one would be able to relate if i went to them and said that i had a pressure on me on the type of a levels i should choose yeah. um but anyway i ended up choosing something like business economics i hate business economics i had never done business economics <laughs> in my life excellent why did me. i choose that as an a level and i failed it I failed that A-level creeper. Yeah, yeah. So that decision I made was out of fear. Mm. You know, and I think about, for example, I was in my first teaching job. I was there for to over 12 years, well, 12 years I was there for. Wow. Yeah. And I keep thinking, why did I make that decision of staying there? It was it was a toxic environment. Why was I there for such a long time? Out of fear. Because yeah. I wanted, because I felt like at least even though it's toxic, I still have a balance in my life so therefore my fear of um you know n- not having that balance where you know I don't I'm not able to give time to my children I'm you know um I'm yeah. spending hours and hours marking whatever I didn't need to do that because I'd been there for such a long time you know it was if I had stepped out of my comfort zone mm. that would have been me making that that would have been me making a decision out of power because my gut was telling me I need to leave. I, I hear you. I really do hear you. And I really, that really resonates and, and hits strong for me too. So I think that whole idea of, you know, staying in, in that post for a long time, especially during really vulnerable years, like having children um, and feeling like you don't want to tip the balance and so on and so forth. But actually, I feel that I had huge um, expectations that were unsaid. So I don't know if it's the same for, for you know, um, the Pakistani community, but and most certainly for for our you know Indian Indian community is that you know your your children come first, of course, like everywhere else. But it's about making sure you're really present and you're giving them the very best, and you know every, your decisions are made and centered around them, absolutely. But you almost can lose yourself in just playing this role as mother. Mm-hmm. But you've actually spent longer time being Krupa or Nazia or whoever you are. You know, you spend how many years to get to this point? You're then you know, having choosing to have children or not, or whatever that 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 looks like, but falling into this complacent, um, cons- no, it's not even consensus. It's just this complacent, this complacent road, um, and it does happen with fear. It really does. Um, so you didn't feel like you could tell anyone. You absolutely hated it, and then what happened? Um, I don't know. I just feel I, I do. I do feel like I mean. I, then I went down this like that dirty road of doing all the subjects and that people, you know, that what that um, or going down that path of you know getting a career that was good, but actually wasn't good for me. But it was just a good career to go uh, go mm. go into good sector to go into. So I went into the IT sector and became a software engineer. And so. Um, because obviously everyone had said to me at that time, IT sector is really, you know, is the big, is the, yeah, yeah, is the, big, is the place yeah. to be. But the point is that regardless of what and regardless of what path I went down to, I've, I have got to a stage now where, you know, um, especially in the last two to three years where I need to start harnessing my personal power. For sure. You know, I've, I need to stop making decisions out of fear. 
and the, and we do make those decisions that way. We say, oh, you know, should we start that business? Is it gonna? What's it gonna happen? Should we leave this job? Should we change careers? It, all of the things that are stopping us from doing those things that we that we know aren't right for us is the decision made from fear. Mm. And so, therefore, for me, it's like I need to start following my gut because my gut when I when when I start making a decision based on like what I know is good for me and my gut, that kind of gives me a sense of energy in, in me. Energy giving, absolutely, yeah. And then I know that actually this is the right decision that I need to make. It's, a, it's like and this it's is the right decision for step. me. It's just taking that first step and sort of thinking about how you remove that, or actually I think it's acknowledging the the fear or the, or managing that self-doubt and then jotting down what what is it that you can do and what's reasonable. And actually I find when I go through that process, I'm always drawn back to function. I've got to pay for my mortgage. I've got to uh, make sure there's a certain amount of funds or whatever is available to make this sustainable to make it work. But that isn't driving the passion, if that makes sense. And that's where I think many practitioners, and you think you see the huge walkout in, with with amazing practitioners leaving education now because of workload, because of well-being, not actually um, seeking or, or being active in enabling teachers and practitioners to to feel well. Um, it's really sad, but then you've got a, a range of skills that can absolutely change direction, that can really change the narrative of education. And I feel like it's, we talk loads about it, but it's about how do we make that power come through in a tangible way um, and, and do it and just do it. Mm. And um, there was another thought I had in my head about, you know, the, 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 the neuroscience behind it mm. um and that was to do with um um the brain so you it when you when your gut is telling you to do the right thing and the brain stopping you from doing it and the reason why the brain stops you from doing that is because of the amygdala the uh, the amygdala like makes you go into like survival mode so um yeah and that kind of you know puts those negative thoughts in your head mm. about oh you know what if this is not going to work out oh should i risk should i risk it all right let's play with that idea so what it doesn't work out yeah what what do we do as humans what what is it that we have to do we've got fight or flight we have the adrenaline that's going to push us mm -hmm. through so we, the truth is realistically you will find a way mm. and you know we have got networks we have got connections that can support us or there are systems out there that can support us but we still are so conditioned and that's what it comes down to doesn't it it's that again coming back to unconscious bias is that how our experiences our fear of not having um, or, or not meeting certain expectation or whatever that means i think for for you know for us with the, there's a whole load of intersections that we, we can talk about but we'll save that for another day but how how can we break that and feel confident in breaking that there was a um example that i um, i think i um was it was it something i saw or was it on a podcast it was a while ago a long long time ago mm. and there was and the, he gave an example of um he, he he put two chairs i think it was a stage he put two chairs on the stage and uh, and and he told somebody to to go and sit on one chair he's like one chair i want you to sit down on and he's like i want you to talk tell me all your doubts like all your doubts and fears mm. 
and the guy sat down and he was just rambling off all his fears and doubts and worries and anxieties and then he said on this chair I mean once you've taken out all your worries and fears and and anxieties I want you to go sit on another chair and I want you to tell me all your ambitions and what you want to do so then he went and sat down on his other chair this other chair and started saying yes I want to achieve this with my life and I want to be I want to be happy and I want to do this and I want to do that but slowly as he was talking he slowly started saying negative things so started saying things like oh but I can't do that because of this or maybe I I really want to do it but I'm not sure if it will work out and so went slowly into the negative thought and um and that's because that's your brain again your brain has a natural tendency to uh, it goes into survival it has a natural tendency to give you that that doubt to give you that negative um kind of uh those negative thoughts and so um when you start so it's so important as part of harnessing our power and finding our power is to be intentional yes intentional with the things that we do absolutely because and and when you're intentional you can really quieten you can quieten those those intrusive thoughts thoughts and that intrusive self-talk which is negative and often not true because it's not the reality that's just your right reality at that point in time i think that's there is some value in in just stopping and taking notes of that is you know your mind does play tricks on you sometimes um, especially when you're in a place of uh, vulnerability or when you feel like things are outside of your control. Um, and so thinking about how we can encourage that. And I think think about encouraging that within the classroom. I don't think I ever had a conversation in any of my lessons around how to manage significant change in life. You know, it's always... If you get your GCSEs, you'll get really good grades. If you get really good grades, then you'll get a really good job. If you get a really good job, well, then what? Then you'll have a family. And then if you have a family, you know, it was all these big, huge milestones. Um, but there wasn't, I don't feel that I sort of was well equipped. And almost learning it now has been has been a journey, continues to be a journey on really bringing that into the classroom. So my next question for you, Nazir, is is how do you bring that into the classroom? Mm, okay and I um there's there's lots of ways one of the thing, one of the ways which I think I touched on earlier was to do with you know um explaining and showing to our young people the power that they have yes so we are quite intentional in when we talk to our students if they've had a tricky time or a challenging moment we will literally during our restorative conversations we will Mm. sit down with them and we will talk through with them and i will literally like draw a human being like normally it turns out it looks like a blob or a stick figure because (laughs) i'm so awful at drawing but i we will literally go through the motions of what happens to your body yes when when you're in a flight fight freeze response mode Mm. we are literally talking through the the science the behind the biology and then and the neurology of 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 themselves in order to help them to understand you know why they've made the decisions they've made but why they can actually change just reframing the power of changing habits and you're right i like that that's something you actually do you have semh sessions in your uh on the timetable and and it's been an absolute joy to to witness that but i think when we 
have that with the young people and we're talking about the amount of data that the data that comes through through all of our senses consistently and then your, how your physiology is a, identifies that gives you a response but how often we just bypass that and we keep going with these thoughts and what's actually happening is your body is telling you stop slow down think this through stop slow down think this through because actually what's happening is the amount of data that's coming through is overwhelming. It's really hard, especially when it extends from a place of trauma or a place of difficulty. Um, and I think that language around that is so effective and we need to be bringing that earlier in education. And we need to be bringing that in the sessions that, that, that you have with, with wellbeing and, and project-based learning and so on and so forth. But talking about developing self-awareness and really, really exploring that um, because those are the skills that I really do believe enables learners um, to grow up to be a little bit more courageous because they're, they're, they're at one with themselves almost or working towards that when they become adults, I hope, um, that they are able to, to identify when they need to take that break, the mastering themselves um, and being able to make those decisions as they regulate. Really interesting. Right, we're going to go into a news break. Uh, we'd love for anyone to call in um, or you can uh, text us um, and join in with the conversation about finding and harnessing your power. We'll be back. This show, this show is, is brought, brought to you, to you in partnership with John Chat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, mm. educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. A report on the BBC website focuses on Ofsted's response to recent criticisms following the death of Ruth Perry. Ms Perry died while waiting for a report which downgraded her school. Ruth Perry's sister, Professor Julia Waters, wanted a full review to take place, but Ofsted has announced only some changes. Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman said the organisation would continue to listen to try to make improvements. She outlined the changes in a statement and they include looking at how inspectors can return more quickly to schools who have work to do on safeguarding, otherwise performing well, in order to reflect improvements in their judgments making the complaints process more responsive, which would see issues being addressed during inspection rather than afterwards, and holding briefings for head teachers where schools have not been inspected for a long time. In response, Professor Waters said the inspectorate was totally insensitive to the situation and was far from anything like a meaningful response to growing calls for reform. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said standards on keeping children safe would not be watered down. The TES reports on concerns over school absence rates and the impact it could have on upcoming GCSE exams. Fears have been raised over the exam regulators' plan to return grade standards to pre-pandemic levels for the 2023 summer series, when a TES analysis reveals that absence is still 70% higher than before the COVID lockdowns. Year 11 students have missed 10.7% of sessions, equivalent of half a day at school, during the autumn and spring terms, 
according to DFE figures and FFT data lab information. The absence rate amongst disadvantaged Year 11 students is more than double that of their non-disadvantaged peers. Former Schools Minister and Chair of the Commons Education Select Committee, Robin Walker, said the findings were of a grave concern. Exam regulator Ofqual has promised some protection against any impact of COVID disruption to learning, but has not shared details. Despite a government drive on attendance, the objective to return attendance to normal pre-pandemic levels has not been met. School leaders and MAT CEOs have expressed concern at the lack of consideration being given to high absence rates. They also acknowledged that many had not anticipated the difficulties currently being faced. The Guardian featured an article on vaping and the concerns many have over the potential future impact on young people. With many schools acknowledging the difficulties they experience in dealing with vaping amongst children and young people, and research suggesting that pupils as young as nine are admitting to vaping at least once, the article focuses on the downsides to what was initially presented as a more healthy alternative to smoking. The rise of the fruity vape flavours with enticing names such as Blueberry Blast have encouraged young people to believe they are harmless. According to some, they reduce your appetite, making them more enticing to some users. What isn't often talked about is the addictive element and the fact that many of the products, although not all, contain nicotine. Some youngsters who have never smoked have found themselves addicted to nicotine anyway. A recent study indicates that up to 15% of all 11 to 15 year olds in the UK are now vaping and the habit is proving just as difficult to kick as all other addictions, including smoking. Finally, many head teachers have called on schools minister Nick Gibb to drop what they describe as a misguided policy which means schools must open for at least 32 and a half hours per week. In a letter to the minister, leaders of the two main head teachers' unions warn that since guidance on the proposal has not been provided, many have assumed it is not going ahead. The letter requests a minimum of a delay until September 2024. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Welcome back. Um, today we are talking about finding and harnessing your power. We had a little bit of an intro in which we talked about our perspectives on what it means to harness our power. Now we want to move on to, um, from a, I, I suppose, from a systematic level up. Uh, and a macro level how we can harness our power so some tips and ways forward in ways in which we can identify how just identify ways in which we can find our power and then harness it um so macro level grouper okay so i i've got a bit of a checklist and i think there is some self-work that needs to be identified at this point in time so i think looking at um sort of some steps towards um, your own or seeking your own personal power would be to sit with yourself and do this frequently. It won't come straight away. It may take a while. And, and uh, just showing a personal experience of my own, um, when things are chaotic in your personal world, um, and then it's also rather busy in, in your professional world, is being able to sit with yourself and sieve. And it's okay to cry and shout and what, you know, all of those natural feelings that happen, but then to 
sit with yourself and jot what's going down. So to acknowledge and declare what's going on on a piece of paper. So writing down where you're at and where and it may just be feelings to begin with, but then you can then dig deeper and think where and why are those things happening. Um, I think also replacing negative self-talk with positive affirmations is really important. Um yeah, so those are those are great for the micro level, so from the from the sense of self, yeah. So what about macro level? So let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Mm. Um imagine you're you've got a department, you've yeah. got your 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 school, the the people that you work with, your colleagues. How do you how do you harness your power in those circumstances? So for, let's look at it from an operational or systematic or strategic level, or even from a cultural level. How do we enhance the the power of the team and how do we harness our own power in, in doing so? So one of the, the thoughts that was going through my head was to do with um, identifying your strengths and mm. identifying the strengths of your team. Mm, some great it's tools out there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, okay. when, so when you're, when we're recruiting... Mm. I know as a head, when I'm looking to recruit, I'm looking for certain traits, certain characteristics, uh, and I'm also set, um, I'm also looking for certain strengths within that within that person that will then fill the gaps in my current team. Yeah. So um, and then one of the things we do within our team is that we may do things like. Um, uh, where we share our our strengths mm. when we have team meetings we share our strengths or we may use we, we may use different types of like psychometric testing and things to share our tests so i know a, a popular one right now well has been for years is belvin mm. the belvin profile and that's to do with um um it's like team roles so it helps you to identify when 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 you're, you and your team do the do the Belbin uh, questionnaire. It helps all the individuals identify their behavioral strengths so that they can um, better understand how they can contribute to the team as a whole and become uh, a more effective team. And I think that a way that um, that also helps is that it helps you identify the you know your team members strengths mm, mm. but in a unbiased kind of impartial way um and then you can um you know you know when to help them because you know where their areas of development are but you also know what your areas of development are so you know when to ask for help and that is quite empowering as a team actually i remember you know when us we did a we did another profile didn't we we did a um the leadership value spiral yes and do you know i that's probably one that the the best quality one I think we have used so far because what it offers is the micro and the macro mm -hmm. um, and, and therefore it holds value for every member that partakes. Um, and so that was really interesting because it talks about the, the positive skills and traits and values because it's based upon, you know, experience and so on and so forth. But it also shows you and, and encourages you as a, uh, individually, but also collectively, to think about your shadows and to think about areas of development. But I think in terms of it being useful, A, it needs to be done and appreciated in understanding that the idea is that it's not a, a stayed label. You don't stay in that label. You don't stay as that one person. Um, it's, it's, it's a 
a starting point, but it offers a language. So if you're looking for somebody that is, you know, um, quite innovative, you that that would show up in these 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 profiles. If you're looking for someone that's going to offer structure and process, all really important skill sets. But actually, if you have a team full of people that are you know, really into processes and structures, which is important. Actually, where is the, the innovation? Where where is the 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 system balance or or the the creativity that breaks away from that? And that's why I think what you're talking about is incredibly important. So, the the audit to have with your team to begin with is is essential. And I think it doesn't have to be a costly task, Nazia. So you could sort of have your own that you have in school, where you think about what is it that makes a a a meaningful team that's going to serve the young people and looking at those skill sets that you look for and designing something that's really bespoke. And then if, you know, I know funding is really tight. I know that it's really hard to even, you know, I hear leaders all the time who, who, who I coach that, that just, just do not have the funding to do these things, but they know it's absolutely crucial that will help with breaking barriers and will bring this sense of you know momentum back into relationships and therefore intervention and then having the impact that they're looking for so it doesn't have to be a costly task it could be done in-house and it can be done really thoughtfully if it's done with a team that buy in and are able to really be vulnerable with you and it comes back to connection it comes back to rapport and how we do that Mm. so when you're able to truly identify where your strengths lie Mm. the part you play within the team that you work with that actually help that is quite empowering Mm. as an individual um and it builds self-awareness and i was i was listening to a podcast once and um they were talking about superpowers um and they were saying you know what if, if we could have a superpower what would it be um and um Someone, someone, he's he's like a some kind of neuroscientist or something, or mindset coach or something. Can't remember. Um, he he said something along the lines of, "To be honest, if I could have a superpower, and if I wish everyone had this superpower, it was a superpower of self awareness, mm-hmm. because knowing, you know, and and understanding your, you know, where your, you know why things happen, where where that is coming from, your intentions, your values, um, um, being aware of your surroundings, being aware of like being able to read the room. All these things are part and parcel of self awareness. Being really mindful of your triggers and your barriers and your challenges, but also you know how you can find your way through them, how you can navigate your way through that. So here's a question: So you you're able to do that as as a leader. How have you designed that and brought that into with your with your current SLT, for example, and, and your wider school you know, team? So it's great that, that you have that, but actually it's only really going to be strong and meaningful if there is that culture that's been put through. So how have you been able to to bring that in and make that part of um, developing self-awareness with, with your team? Um it's been it's been a range of things actually. What I will say though is that you know these kind of three hundred and sixty mm. um, question yeah profiling and questioning and there's quite a few out there. I mean um, there's the Belvin, there's the leadership value sp- uh, spiral, which is by coherence. Coherence. Um, there's the leadership. There's a leadership circle. There's 360 there's various other ones out there there's so many out there and i think some of them you can even get free on a trial basis as well um 
you know, doing something like that is really helpful because it gives you like a starting point, especially if you don't know, like, mm-hmm. like if you're unsure of what you want to do. Um, and um, but yeah, we've we've done various other things as well. We've done some mapping as a as an organisation. We've even developed our own one based around well-being because um, because of the type of school that we are um, based on the Prosper framework. Um, but um, yeah, so I think that it's making sure that there's really good self-awareness uh, and building that self-awareness in yourself and helping your team to build self-awareness and the people that you work with. Yeah, You know, that's really I important. recall during headship is, uh, I remember just at times being able to to sit with the team and be quite vulnerable. Um, and so on Fridays we would have uh, conversations about the week and also, you know, as quite sort of, you know, superficial um, a conversation. You know, a young person was really upset and I was really worried about them. Really important things, absolutely really important things. But um, we're, we're, by by being able to to really listen and to ask really important questions and to be able to develop that in a safe circle um, meant that actually we were able to hear why they found that particularly difficult why that was a poignant moment um and actually what we started noticing is that everyone came in feeling really like glum about something that happened during the week and that was the first thing they reeled out that we had almost reframed how to have that conversation by by acknowledging actually coming with all these worries and concerns all the rest of it because we almost have fallen into this um rescuer role um and actually reframing that and changing that and doing that quite strategically on a friday so that people left that role at the door at school and they could then go off and, and you know be whoever and whatever they wanted to be over the weekend um was really powerful but to re to to build the culture of be feeling safe to offer and and feel comfortable with the language and to offer that challenge to language around that i think is so important because what then happens is that ripple effect you know if you have that security and safety with leaders if you have that safety where you can feel that you could be vulnerable and and share your self-awareness but also be open to hear your blind spots we all have them we're human that's what they're there they're there to to keep us and we hope to build that sense of awareness um around that um it's just finding that time to do that still keeping on task and all those other things that are wonderful but actually i think you can do that really well if you invest that time and enable that security and safety for others to do that with you and you build that sense of unity, that sense of shared purpose and direction and care, sincere care. Mm. And then that meaningful contribution that you can make to mm. it within that organisation, um, being able to um, benefits the team as a whole um, and guides your personal development alongside. <clears throat> that, I think, is key to harnessing your power as a leader but also you know in supporting your team uh in harnessing their power as well love that so important because it's it's it does take a village it does take everyone's hand doesn't it to to do that and actually you know egos aside it's not about uh roles and titles it's about the purpose of being in that building at that point in time beautiful i really really like that idea um, so on a micro level, so what can we do for ourselves that help us harness our power? So you mentioned something earlier about acknowledging and appreciating. Yes, and, and so de- declaring your ambition, because actually, like I said, we are so used to 
fulfilling this title that that becomes a whole entire identity and that's not factual it's a part um, but there's a lot of your your own experiences and thought processes and so on and so forth that can change that narrative um, I think advocating for yourself and others and being able to do that comfortably and that comes from that shared language it comes from being able to have the safe spaces for those conversations um, asking for help when you need it we don't really always need the answers but you just need to feel that you have some really secure relationships that will offer you direction, that will offer you the space or even a question to help you get through the next step. Because sometimes, like you say, things are really muddy and you just need a little bit of clarity. Um, and I'm coming back to what, what you shared right at the beginning, which is acknowledging your fears. That's hard work. That is really hard work. But once you do that, there's something really magical that happens at that point in time because you're aware of it, you're consciously aware of it, you will then not enable it to become an unconscious bias, you enable it to become something that you consciously use as your power. So it's in there somewhere, and it may not feel comfortable to begin with, but putting it down and sitting with it um, and, and allowing yourself to, to ride those emotions and those feelings with that is really, really important. Um, and I think the other thing is, is to practice self-care. Um, I know you love a good facial. I, I love... Uh, you know, having a, a massage and some time away, walking in, 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 you know, sort of in nature, all these small nuggets that just take you away for a short period of time is so, so important. But I know it's really tricky to do when it's been a really hard day. Can we, I, I'd love to go back and actually talk about some of the ones that you mentioned. Mm. So one of the ones which you talked about was, you know, acknowledging your ambitions and your achievements. That is such a major thing that helps us harness our power mm. and that's what i believe anyway i and i've and i've noticed and i and i'm more aware of it now than i have ever been mm. before all my complete before when where you know i'd say maybe you know uh, in the last 12 13 14 years mm. um I've always had this thing about you know I've got to we've got to stay humble we've got to be modest about what we what we uh, what we've achieved because and, and I think that part of that was like that the the cultural element you know that within the Southeast Asian culture mm. you know you don't shout and scream about your accomplishments you stay you, you stay humble and mm. modest about them but actually over the last few years um, especially after like I've had a couple of conversations with. Um, our CEO and um, and she said to me she said you know you don't you don't showcase what you do Nazia you don't really like tell like everyone knows like the governors know what I've done the the trustees know what I've done my friends know what I've done but actually to be honest no one actually knows what I've done what it has taken to set up a school yeah, there's you know your grit and there's tears and there's hours and actually the sacrifice yeah you know exactly. and actually that's something I do want to 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 sort of talk to you about you know um and that's not if you feel comfortable talking about it is is that that um, that sacrifice you know what what did you have to give up or, or feel like you had to give up to to be able to make this setting successful yeah. um that's definitely a conversation for another time <laughs> um what i will say is that acknowledging that that sacrifice was the was the thing that i had to do mm. that that was like a byproduct of sure. me working towards that vision and that aim but 
I will say is that one thing I have learned over the last few years is, but no, actually, I'd say not last few years, I'd say the last year or so, and um, is the is the fact that I need to acknowledge and be proud of my accomplishments and achievements, and I need to celebrate them. And that is part and parcel of me alleviating all the doubts I have about myself, because it's me because it's me harnessing my power my power is my achievements you know and the ability the capacity and ability i have to succeed in what i put set my mind to so that is me harnessing my power me finding my power um and one of the other elements was to do with you know surrounding yourself with people that appreciate that i think that is so important because if if you if you talk about your achievements and you talk about uh, um, you know your ambitions, but the people around you are really negative, or the people around you are just suck your energy, mm. then it's really then that just takes away from your power, and then it it kind of brings in that that self doubt and that imposter syndrome yeah, easily slips it really in. Does. So being really mindful about who's around you and what you're sharing and when. Yeah. I am a, a huge believer of that actually. It's, it's it's almost safeguarding yourself, right? It's safeguarding yourself from um from the draining, from the you know the energy vampires and and that's a very scary slope to go down. And actually some people do not realise that they are being drained of their energy because of other people's wants and needs and so on and so forth and actually there's it's just again being really consciously aware of who you are and what you're achieving and the direction that you want to be going towards um, and not dampening your achievements or, or or the ambition that you have really really interesting point there yeah and so it's and there's a lot of discussions that have had, that's happened in the titter sphere um in the in the ed- education space and on Insta, on 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 Facebook, and you know, on uh, LinkedIn, mm. about um, you know, allyship, about um, and there's uh, some other terminology, some East London terminology, which is uh, <laughs> what, what, what is it? It's, Don't uh, hold back. <laughs> no, no, no. Something. Uh, uh, is it? I can't remember what it was. Something to do with um, you know, finding your tribe or something. But it was said in a. Uh, I don't know in what way I can't remember, but yeah, it's like finding your tribe of people. Sure, you know your your uh, your the people that kind of help you, uh, like they champion you, champion yeah, you. Yeah, they to... just want you to be happy, and you know you feel the energy. You feel yeah. that they want, they have your best interests at heart, and they celebrate your successes with you. Yes, I and love they celebrate that. Yes, your, and they celebrate That's your dope. achievements with yes. you. Yeah. So. So that helps you harness your power as well, sure. because what it does is it doesn't. It's not taking away your energy. It's an like energy giving absolutely time, isn't it? It's like when you share, when you're sharing, when you're celebrating in the successes of others and your friends. That's a very energy giving, not just to you but to them. But I will also say there are times where you do feel alone, and some people don't have that. You know, they don't have that that tribe. And if and when I say tribe, that tribe could just be one person. It could be your cat. It could be absolutely anybody that you just feel safe saying, do you know what? I did a really bloody good job today. And I'm chuffed with that that choice that I made. Or I'm, I'm so pleased that I finished that scheme of work. Because for somebody else, it's just a task. But for you, that's mammoth. That has taken hours, time, thought processes, and so on and so forth. So I think it's it's also knowing that you can build your tribe with people that you don't know. So it's it's seeking those coaches. It's seeking, you know, um, 
forums and conferences and be and going to to be active in those places um to seek that because i think although we go and seek support and help when we're feeling low it's also why are we not seeking that support and that like you said that that champion or your mate that's going to just be there for you to hear all the good stuff too um and i think that's the beauty in in coaching and mentorship um something that i i really really enjoy doing but i think it's that there is such value in that and knowing that you can go back and, and share a, a a milestone that feels good um, and you're likely to carry that. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's such a lovely place to be. Um, uh, another thing that, I mean, uh, I, I promise you, I don't take all my ideas from the kids, but uh, another <laughs> thing that we do do is, um, even though kids do have an awful lot of good ideas, um, is know. is acknowledging the good things in your life, something oh, that we do sure. with our with, with our probably we'd have most of us do with our children something yeah. that most of us do with um with our with our students is uh gratitude yeah you know and gra- acknowledging gra- acknowledging the good things you're not in your life um boosts uh your boost the serotonin and dopamine and boosts your mood and so and your immunity yeah and your immunity so there's interesting there's really uh, significant data that that talks about how the rise of cortisol and how you can obtain um chronic illnesses and being able to manage that so people are on you know medication and so on and so forth because of the long-term cortisol levels that are sort of circulating in in their bloodstream in their bodies and not being able to manage that so actually be active to counter that by really thinking about the, the dopamine and serotonin and looking for those golden moments um, is really important, but also recognizing when you need to stop and say no, no more, no more is also showing um, self self care. Mm-hmm. It's also laying a boundary and saying actually this this is a rational and fair place to be saying this and to be doing that for yourself because you get caught up in being in within a, a, a toxic or, a, or energy draining place. Right. So we're gonna. Um pause there we're going to move on to um, the news and uh, we'll be back in a few moments Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Chat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. 
A report on the BBC website focuses on Ofsted's response to recent criticisms following the death of Ruth Perry. Ms Perry died while waiting for a report which downgraded her school. Ruth Perry's sister, Professor Julia Waters, wanted a full review to take place, but Ofsted has announced only some changes. Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman said the organisation would continue to listen to try to make improvements. She outlined the changes in a statement and they include looking at how inspectors can return more quickly to schools who have work to do on safeguarding, otherwise performing well, in order to reflect improvements in their judgments. Making the complaints process more responsive, which would see issues being addressed during inspection rather than afterwards. And holding briefings for head teachers where schools have not been inspected for a long time. In response, Professor Waters said the inspectorate was totally insensitive to the situation and was far from anything like a meaningful response to growing calls for reform. Education Secretary Gillian Keegan said standards on keeping children safe would not be watered down. The TES reports on concerns over school absence rates and the impact it could have on upcoming GCSE exams. Fears have been raised over the exam regulators' plan to return grade standards to pre-pandemic levels for the 2023 summer series when a TES analysis reveals that absence is still 70% higher than before the COVID lockdowns. Year 11 students have missed 10.7% of sessions, equivalent of half a day at school, during the autumn and spring terms, according to DFE figures and FFT data lab information. The absence rate amongst disadvantaged Year 11 students is more than double that of their non-disadvantaged peers. Former Schools Minister and Chair of the Commons Education Select Committee, Robin Walker said the findings were of a grave concern. Exam regulator Ofqual has promised some protection against any impact of COVID disruption to learning, but has not shared details. Despite a government drive on attendance, the objective to return attendance to normal pre-pandemic levels has not been met. School leaders and MAT CEOs have expressed concern at the lack of consideration being given to high absence rates. They also acknowledged that many had not anticipated the difficulties currently being faced. The Guardian featured an article on vaping and the concerns many have over the potential future impact on young people. With many schools acknowledging the difficulties they experience in dealing with vaping amongst children and young people, and research suggesting that pupils as young as nine are admitting to vaping at least once, the article focuses on the downsides to what was initially presented as a more healthy alternative to smoking. The rise of the fruity vape flavours with enticing names such as Blueberry Blast have encouraged young people to believe they are harmless. According to some, they reduce your appetite, making them more enticing to some users. What isn't often talked about is the addictive element and the fact that many of the products, although not all, contain nicotine. Some youngsters who have never smoked have found themselves addicted to nicotine anyway. A recent study indicates that up to 15% of all 11 to 15 year olds in the UK are now vaping and the habit is proving just as difficult to kick as all other addictions, including smoking. Finally, many head teachers have called on schools minister Nick Gibb to drop what they describe as a misguided policy, which means schools must open for at least 32 and a half hours per week. In a letter to the minister, leaders of the two main head teachers unions warn that since guidance on the proposal has not been provided, many have assumed it is not going ahead. 
the letter requests a minimum of a delay until September 2024. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Teachers Talk Radio and you are listening live. Right, welcome back. Um, so we've been talking about harnessing your power. So we've had some, we've been giving our perspective on what it means to harness your power. Um, we've spoken about it from a macro level, if as a leader or someone within a school, um, even um, within with the, your colleagues, what you can do. And then from a micro level, so we've been, that our last conversation, uh, last conversation was uh last bit of information we gave was linked to um acknowledging and celebrating successes surrounding yourself with people that make you feel good and then also um um acknowledging the good things in your life by practicing gratitude uh i want to add to that and say um sleep sleep is so important oh my goodness i actually realized that (laughs) over the over the easter when i realized the lack of sleep i'd had and that i spent a significant amount of time sleeping and uh, you know i've even though at that moment in time i was absolutely exhausted afterwards i just felt so much more better um my bags around my eyes were slightly uh, less as well and um and I've been doing a lot of uh, research on sleep, actually. And the reason why is because I've got an 18-year-old who is just an awful sleeper and he's constantly got bags on his under his eyes. And I have uh, a 12-year-old who is sleeping an awful lot. Mm, right, like, maybe? Yeah, I yeah. think it is, yeah. Um, so I was just, and I just wanted them to, like, get some really good habits around sleeping. So I've been doing a lot of research around that. Um, and sleep is a, the, one of the greatest performance-enhancing drug you can ever have. Lack of sleep uh, reduces cognitive capacity, uh, rehabilitation, recovery. Um, and it's so uh, important to have a regular sleep have a regular wake up time and a bedtime mm-hmm. um that's the rhythm is yeah. incredibly important absolutely yeah so that will help you if you've had enough sleep and you have and you wake up refreshed you're more you, you're the decisions you make that day and your mood and your and the energy enhancement that you have as a result will allow you to enhance uh, will allow you to harness your power during the day Absolutely. because you've gained so much energy from a good night's sleep so harnessing your power through good quality sleep can change the direction of your life can change the decisions you make in your life Absolutely. but also think whilst we you you share the importance of sleep is thinking about what disrupts sleep and actually being coming back to the idea of, of acknowledgement so acknowledging what disrupts sleep so for you what what disrupts your sleep so i would definitely say having my phone near me disrupts yeah. my sleep <laughs> okay yeah so a, a huge uh, rate of addiction around that is, is incredibly interesting in itself uh, the blue light and all of that jazz but i think also it's worry yeah. that need of that that the of what's going on in life or not going on or distraction distraction your thoughts and therefore you're not processing what's really going on and your body's telling you 
listen to me. Hello, I'm here. I'm, I've got these mm-hmm. this data coming through. I don't quite like it. Let's do something about it. And then you're back on Instagram or you're back on whatever it may be. And, and what you're not doing is not processing and you're not working through it and you're not having or seeking the support that you need. Um, so thinking about mental health and thinking about um, sleep, you know, we often talk about this with our young people, but how often do we talk about this with our members of staff? Are we encouraging really good sleep patterns? You know, are we really thinking about workload? And we've seen the data, which is staggering. We'll talk about that next in the next few sessions. Sessions, but I think these are the things that that keep practitioners awake, and therefore, when they come into school, to be able to manage young people who also a huge generalization here, by the way, who are probably not having the quality sleep that is required, you're walking into a system that's just not going to get what the outcomes we're looking for. So we have great dialogue around thriving and great dialogue around well-being and, you know, um, all these wonderful uh, sort of systems or processes or initiatives, but the core systems are actually sleep um you know, removing yourself from distraction, the impact of the distractors and what happens. Um, and then yet we then don't talk about it. It actually blows my mind a little bit. It really does. Um, so yeah, sleep is really important. I think if we harness, if we have a good night sleep, good quality sleep, that you are more able and capable of harnessing your power, making decisions when you're in in the right frame of mind, and the decisions that you make will then more likely be from personal power rather than fear. Do you know another thing? Actually, having said that, I um, this is for you know families that have young people that live with very very young people, you know, uh, sort of newborns, toddlers, um, that sort of age range, and. Um, I remember having a conversation with a senior leader about the lack of sleep that I'm having and just being able to share that and feel comfortable to say, I've had a rough night's sleep because they're teething or, you know, whatever it may be, just helped me to vocalise what was going on in my world and then be able to share that with someone that really understood that. And straight away, I felt that I had lifted because you've already woken up thinking, haven't slept for this many hours I feel a bit groggy or rough or whatever but that that simple act of kindness of listening made me feel that I could cope with that day better um you know and and I think just again finding that and bringing these things to the table and sharing that not a force support because that is the reality for many people there are many young families uh or carers and looked after children whatever it may be that's that's out there that are not sleeping very well and that does impact the adults in the, in their world and those adults are going in to do really important work with other young children or young people um are we bringing that now do we feel safe enough to have those conversations and just like i said be that kind listening ear um sometimes it's just enough mm. it really is um and my final kind of uh point i'd like to make about harnessing your power is about self-talk mm. how we talk to ourselves influences how we feel which For then sure. influences our behavior mm. so you know certain things that we can do around cognitive reframing nice. of the language that, that we use with ourselves so you know avoiding absolutes use it you know like not saying avoid saying never and always because if you say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm never on time, or I'm always, I've always got this to do, or I always am busy. Mm-hmm. I know my son that says this to me all the time. It's like, you're always telling me off. I mean, it is such an absolute, like, no, I'm not, I'm not always telling you off. 
I tell you off sometimes, not always. But the thing is, is that um, that language and the intensity around that language can really, again, suck energy. It's high demand, yeah, isn't it? It's high demand. It's saying, well, that's it, and that almost is self fulfilling. So you're like, I, well, I am always eating or always always working or you know like you say but actually how do we make that low demand and actually when, when you do change that to a low demand language what you're then saying is i've got choice mm-hmm. and when you have choice that sense of autonomy develops and enables you to feel freer because what you're thinking about is that intrinsic mm-hmm. motivation it's not that external hard yes or no it's you know actually uh, instead of never i like you said i sometimes or i often or, or maybe i um you know instead of saying i i should i get to yeah. I get to go for a walk today or I get to go to a place of work where actually I really like mm. uh, it, it should be parts. yeah so I, sh- I should I should be exercising is I choose to exercise yeah, choosing to exercise yeah. for uh, me yeah I, I should I should be marking books well actually on a Friday night well actually I'm choosing to mark these books it gives you it gives you the power back and that's it I really like that so from harnessing your power and identifying it also seek actively seeking ways to 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 almost grab the power back and where you can in those moments of time super stuff right okay so uh closing arguments around um harnessing your power oh close your closing argument um there's so much there is so much i think one point one point i think you know um remain curious you know um for me that's i i absolutely love that one quality that i have i think that's something that enables me to when i am getting myself into a bit of a system or a bit of a a, a one a one track um sort of thought process is is to to just stop and say hang on am i really thinking about this and am i Am I reframing that cognitively, reframing that to I'm choosing to, I'm going to think about this differently or, or seek um, alternative perspectives. So for me, the I think the term curiosity or curious is, would be my, my word. How about you? For me, I think it's uh, one of the biggest things that really gives me energy and is just like it just gives, it brings so much into, into, into my life. Um, is is me is me like experience having new experiences, oh, nice. you know? And and the thing is, that I was thinking about this. Is like, what power do I want to harness? And you know, have you ever seen the the movie Jumper? No. Right. And it's it's so the the powers that they have. They have superpowers, and the superpower is that they can jump from one place to the next. Nice. Okay. Right? <laughs> um. So and. Uh, and I was just thinking that if I could have... I have an image, by the way, of you jumping from one place to another. No, but it's like anywhere in the world. You can Excellent. jump. You can jump to any anywhere in the world, oh, right? And so, and so I was like, oh my goodness, that would be like my ultimate superpower is, mm. to, is to like be able to say, yeah, I want to be there and just jump there and just appear there. And so um, it's like, I feel like my biggest lesson or my biggest kind of... Uh, thinking point around harnessing my power is doing the things that I love doing so the jumper point is important because I love traveling yes and I need to do more of it because that's going to give me my power yes you know I should stop worrying about saving my saving my pennies for a rainy day all the time that isn't the thing that I'm always thinking of so um just follow my gut you know my gut tells me you know what you should go away for a bit I should follow my gut I hear you. 
and mm-hmm. and I should seek those things that give me my power. Being creative that gives me power, that gives me my energy. So I I need to follow my gut and do things that give me my power back and give me the energy that I need. I love that. So tell me, what do you wish you knew earlier? Based on this conversation, you know, think about fifteen years ago, Nazia. What did you wish from you know? What what do you wish you knew? Um. Well, when I was like t- training to be a teacher. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's a good place to be. Uh, I wish I knew how to fix. I was taught how to fix a printer. I think that would, <laughs> that, that would solve. I would say that would probably solve like twenty five percent of my energy levels. Wow! And during the school day. Wow! Imagine I that. thought you were going to come up with something profound and like, but you know what? I can't knock you. <laughs> Isn't it energy sucking when you have when the printer goes kaput when you need to print like fifty pages or something or you're it's like the last minute of your I PPA. I'm like I'm really how energy sucking is that? I'm, I'm all about you know climate and thinking about you know zero carbon and things like that. So no. Okay. <laughs> well, it is. It is honestly that is. I wish we were all taught how to fix a printer yeah. because I'm telling you, I think. It's a game changer, isn't Te- it? Teachers would be in a happier place. Okay. I'm doing this for all of teacher kind. <laughs> Any ITTs trainers out there, please teach. Uh, please teach your uh, early careers teachers or ITTs on how to fix a printer, <laughs> how to put in a toner, how to shake the toner about just oh to get God, the last bits out stop. of it. Just stop, you outrageous. Honestly, I think. Oh my goodness, I think that you're giving them a skill that will make it. That'll give them energy, I'll tell you. Anyway, what about you? Oh, how do I even recover from that? Like, I just (laughs) don't even know. But, but I will go a little bit more serious than you. And I will say, uh, for me, is is being really okay with authentic self. I've really grown to love me. I really have. I really, and it's taken me so long to, to think, I'm all right. And I'm doing all right. And things are going well, you know, Things are great and I'm, I'm enjoying this journey and there's been so many great wins and also equally so many fails. Um, and so learning to love me, learning to take those nuggets um, and not feel like they are defining. Um, and I really wish I knew that because I think I spent so much time worrying about what other people think and am I doing good enough? And, you know, what, what if I don't pass this? And, and actually, the young people tell you they are so honest. They tell you when things aren't right. You know, you walk into a room and you're like, yeah, this lesson isn't going the way it should be. You know, and I think actually they are really good litmus, um, more so than the adults that you might be working with. So um, I think it's just to be a lot more fearless around being my authentic self. Um, so that's a little promise to myself that I'm going to keep keep at and keep doing. Mm. Lovely. Super. Right, so um, we always, we'd want to end our um, show with our Serenity Sunday moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and today's Serenity Sunday, something we want you to uh, want you want you to think about and possibly practice if you're not already doing so. If you are, make sure you take time out to do this. Is uh, breathe, breathe, breathing. Um, so. Breathing is uh, regulates the heart rate, mm-hmm. um, and when you regulate the heart rate, that can regulate your nervous system, 
it sends uh, and the 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 pace uh, it helps regulate your all of the uh, all of the the different systems within your body so mm -hmm. you know like it can't if you've got any kind of gut issues or stomach problems you know doing some good breathing techniques can help with that um we're not saying it's gonna solve all medical issues by the way oh, it's a good this, place is, to start. this is not this is not a disclaimer this is a disclaimer yeah. around that <laughs> it's not going to solve all, in all medical issues but breathing really does help and it does give energy you know all of the oxygen that goes into your body then helps the into blood your, flow absolutely you know the scientist does come out in me sometimes you know that yeah. all that oxygen that's floating around that it's just it's just wonderful stuff but i think also it's it's doing that when you are realizing so we're, I, I like to use the analogy of a balloon and the, during the day, your balloon expands and it relaxes. And that that is when you get to a point where your balloon may pop because you've just had so much going on during the day or, you know, you have had a tough moment where someone's just said uh, a, a statement that you don't possibly agree with or understand or you're just a bit like, well, what's going on there or traffic, whatever it may be. Um, the, the the breathing part is, is absolutely essential on those moments because it just helps you to open up that prefrontal cortex and allow that rational thinking to seep in and for you to take the moment and gain control, to gain control of that thought process, take a step back and not feel like you have to be reactive. And I really wish I had started practicing breathing far earlier than when I have This been. is like, you, like intentional, like breathing, intentional breathing technique. In the day, yeah. taking two minutes at several points in the day. And actually it just helps you to think things through. It allows you to process information better um and it just gives you clarity and control on uh, and being to enable you to be intentional like we spoke about earlier today mm -hmm. um, i will leave with a quote though mm -hmm. i will leave with a quote so the quote, quote tonight is well um, can i give can i say my my thing about breathing just before you yes end go on. right so something that we work with the students on is about um um uh, the importance of breathing and using that as a technique to help them, you know, stay calm mm. and collected, especially when they feel anxious about something sure. or if they're going through a challenging moment. Mm. Um, and um, what happens is, is that, you know, when, when something happens that triggers you, it's called flipping the lid. So imagine like the, your prefrontal cortex kind of disconnects sure, and all your feelings rush in. Yes. Yeah. And so um, and th this is like the terminology that's used in trauma-informed practice, which is called so it's that, that lid gets flipped. And the, I, the thing is that uh, when the lid gets flipped, you need to have strategies or tools to put the lid back I down. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I really like that. Nice vision. So, so um you know, one of the techniques that we that we specifically work with our students on is actually breathing skills. Um, and what we actually um, talk about with them is the breathing is it, not just deep breathing or shallow breathing, it's rhythmic breathing. So that's what we focus on that when you're breathing, just make sure it's steady and at the same pace. Mm. And when it's steady and at the same pace, that's when you start regulating your heart. And it might mean lots of deep breaths, or it might mean... Before you get to the point of yeah. make sure. So anyway, just thought I'd give my two pence on that. That's really helpful. Right. Okay. So thank you so much for listening in today. It's been a real pleasure um, and a joy to be here. We will be back in two weeks' time. Not sure what we're going to be talking about, but we will let you know. And if there's anything that you would like for us to discuss further 
please, please, please get in contact. Um, so to end today's session, uh, we're going to leave you with a quote. The sun never stops shining. Sometimes you just have to look beyond the clouds to see it. So I hope that gives you some warmth, some hope, um, and some moments to breathe and look beyond the clouds um, this week. Have a lovely week ahead. Uh, take care. See you soon. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio. brought to you in partnership with John Katz Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out! Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading! This is